uh, good evening. It's good to be with you uh, wherever you are, at home, watching. Uh, it's certainly a privilege of mine to, to spend this uh, few minutes with you as we talk about this topic of prophecy. And I want to start by uh, sharing, uh, I suppose, a story that happened to me uh, earlier on when I, was, uh, when I was younger. And I suppose uh, uh, I didn't really understand or, or, put, or I could put words to the things that I was uh, experiencing in terms of uh, these uh, kind of images or words that, that would uh, relate to uh, other people. And so uh, we, were, we were in a small group. It was uh, very... Um, nothing special or significant. It was just a group of uh, Christians that were meeting uh, regularly once a week in a, in a friend's home. And um, we spent time in prayer every, every time we, we met on a Monday night. And on this particular occasion, uh, a couple were, were really sharing with us that uh, they had uh, trouble, uh, I suppose, conceiving. Uh, they, they had problems. Uh, they decide, desired to have a, a child, but that wasn't really happening. And so, of course, naturally, uh, we didn't have uh, answers uh, to this and, and responding to prayer is something that we wanted to do. So that, that evening we gathered around uh, and we prayed for that particular situation. Lord, what do you want to say to them? Um, what do you want to communicate? Or uh, is, there, is it possible for them uh, to be able to, to, have, uh, to have a child? Uh, what's your will? What's, what, what do you want from them? And we spent time praying. Uh, it didn't take long and I was just, I had my eyes closed, I was in prayer and I just saw two things, two images came to mind. And um, one of them was a, of, a, of a flower that was uh, blooming, and the other one was of a, of a sunrise. And um, I didn't think much of it at the time. I just thought they were uh, two random things that were not really directed to, to this particular couple. And uh, once we finished prayer, uh, one, of, one, uh, one of the guys uh, said, "Do you want to? Uh, does anybody have anything to say? Anything to share?" And I thought to myself, well, these two things that are unrelated to each other, I suppose it's a, an element of faith on my. Um, behalf to, to, to say this even though I don't understand it. And I said, I, I have two images for you. One of them is of a flower that's blooming, a new life perhaps, and the other one is, a, is of, a, of a new day, of a, of a sunrise. And um, um, they took it on board. Uh, didn't, I didn't think much of it until uh, the next day or a few days later, they sent through a message saying that when they got home, um, she did a test. And sure enough, she was already pregnant, although she didn't know it at the time. And um, this surprised me uh, in some ways because I didn't consider myself to be a prophet. And uh, on the other hand, it didn't surprise me um, because of what Jesus came uh, to proclaim. And um, I, I uh, recall Joel uh, two weeks ago used this same verse uh, when he started. And it's significant for us even tonight as well. Mark chapter 1, uh, verse um, 15. Uh, Jesus says, The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe uh, the good news. Jesus uh, came to proclaim the always uh, disruptive nature of the reality of God's kingdom. And um, the, 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 for me, the, the trigger word or the word that gives a clue into, into this reality, into this disruption, is the word time. Uh, in the Greek, uh, the, the word time is not chronos in the same way that you and I would, would think of a watch or, or chronology. Um, in, in, in the Greek, this, this word is kairos, which is different. And this, the, the word time here refers to an opportunity, something that's uh, a time that is pregnant with opportunity. Something different um, is going to happen. And so this is what Jesus was about. And so on the one hand, I was surprised. Um, I didn't think myself to be uh, used by him in this way. On the other hand, I was not surprised. Of course, Jesus is operating and is inviting me to be part of his kingdom. 
uh, this, this kingdom, uh, this part of, of God's reality is, is, um, is, is what is possible. It's, it's, it's beyond what is physical in our scientific world. Uh, it incorporates the invisible. It, it brings the spiritual dimension. God chooses to use people, to use you and to use me, uh, to bring this invisible into reality. Um, his kingdom um, comes and uh, invades our lives. And so the kingdom of God is natural. It's, it's, this, is, this is our reality. And I was joking with a, with a team when we first discussed in this series, this series shouldn't be called supernatural uh, for uh, us Christians or for believers. It should be called natural uh, because this is, this is part of God's uh, domain. God uses the church. He uses you. He uses me through Jesus to, to live out this kingdom reality, this supernatural world, what we describe as the unseen or the invisible, with our natural world, those things that we can see uh, and we want to touch and God doesn't just promise this. Jesus didn't come say the time has come, repent and believe the kingdom of God is, is near. He actually said towards the end of his ministry, um, he said, I'm going to send you a helper. And um, that helper is what we describe as the Spirit or the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit empowers each one of us um, for his purposes. And um, we're, this series over the next four weeks, we're going to explore some themes of, of this world that we describe as supernatural, or in my view, the, the kingdom of God that is natural for you and me to participate in. And we're going to talk about prophecy tonight, uh, as you've heard. Uh, next week, it'll be tongues. Um, the third week will be uh, miracles, and then it'll be uh, beings. And so um, as, a, as a way of, I suppose, uh, introducing this, this series, I wanted to uh, refer to uh, different passages, um, probably staying with Corinthians for now, but uh, when it comes to these spiritual gifts, this idea of the Spirit uh, using y you and me uh, for His purposes, uh, we're really focusing on some key texts in our New Testament, and one of those is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then it's Romans chapter 12, uh, and then it's Ephesians 4. And I want to just read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because I think it paints a really good picture as to what this idea of, of gifts uh, in particular are about. And we're going to read from uh, chapter, sorry, chapter 12, verse 4 uh, to 11. And it says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given from the, for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He uh, determines. And so as we launch into prophecy, I want to just highlight um, four things that I think are important. And if you like, these are umbrella um, statements for uh, the other gifts, uh, the other elements of our uh, supernatural dimension that we're talking about, about God's kingdom. The first one is this. Um, grace happens first. When we're talking about prophecy, 
um, we have to know, we have to understand that Scripture tells us that the, the initiator, the author of our relationship, of this dimension, of this spirit at work, is not me. I don't begin this. Um, Jesus begins this. And um, his action on the cross paints this profound picture, this invitation for me to engage with him. And he offers me grace. That, that grace is the starting point for this gift that I participate in. And um, I refer to Romans and Ephesians, so the, these two passages refer uh, to this concept of grace. Romans says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. Grace happens first. Um, Ephesians 4, chapter 7 says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ uh, proportioned it. So grace happens first. The second thing is that the Spirit distributes His, his gifts. You don't decide what you want. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of grace in here for you to, to come to God and say, could I, could I have this gift? I, I long for this gift. Uh, but essentially what, we're, what we understand from Scripture is that you cannot control the Spirit. You can't manipulate the Spirit. The Spirit sees the work that needs to be done and He uses uh, men and women, young and old, uh, children even, to do the work that needs to be done. And he distributes the gifts that he has um, according to what he uh, wants to do. So he decides what, what gift uh, is appropriate for me for that particular time. Uh, the third point is that prophecy is part of the body. And it, it shouldn't surprise us that when we're reading these passages, especially Ephesians and, and Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, who wrote these letters to these particular churches, He's actually interested in reminding them that they need to be part of a large, and he uses a picture here, and the picture is of a body. So um, the hand is part of the body in the same way that the eye is part of the body, in the same way that the foot is part of the body, and all these elements form one um, body. And so prophecy is not superior, it's not beyond uh, the body, it's not beyond um, authority. Uh, prophecy is part of the body in the same way that all the other gifts fit into uh, the body. And of course, for us, when Paul describes the body, uh, we understand this to be the church. So the church is a body, uh, and Jesus is the head of that body, and all these other elements fit in that body. So the first one, grace happens first. The second point, the Spirit uh, distributes um, His own gifts. The third point is that prophecy is, is part of the body. And then the fourth one is that uh, prophecy and all the other gifts, but prophecy is surrounded uh, by love. And again, Paul, especially in Corinthians and in Romans, in this case, Paul um, outlines these, these gifts, he gives a description, and then he says, but you ought to love one another. That's the most important thing. So if you're at home and you don't even know what spiritual gifts are, or, or you do, but you're not sure of, of, uh, of how God's using you in that way, uh, think of love first. Do love first. Uh, embrace another person uh, or a group of people. Demonstrate what Jesus looks like um, to them. Um, and the Spirit will use you however He sees fit. Don't worry so much about not having this gift or that gift. Aim for love. Aim for love first. And so... Um, what, what, what is prophecy? Um, who, who is a prophet? Um, I just have just a few statements around these, these two questions, and I begin by saying that um, uh, prophecy happens when God chooses to speak into a, into a particular situation. 
So it is used to edify the church. Um, and uh, other words are to comfort, uh, to strengthen, to uh, bring encouragement. So uh, prophecy seems to have a very specific function. Not only is it to um, highlight a particular area or a, or a situation that needs attention, but the broad picture is that it's used um, to edify the church. The church is the point, not you. You're not the, the hero in the story just because you, you're hearing from God in a certain way. The church is, the other person in the church, the group of people that you're with, that's the, the focus. And so um, it, it doesn't arrive with thunder and lightning. Uh, very common uh, in my experience and the experience of, of those that have um, uh, mentored me and, and others who, who I've seen um, is that generally it's, it's maybe just as simple as a, as a picture or it might be a, a word or it might be just a, a, a nudge or, or something that's, that's um, not, not sitting well with you and it needs attention. Um, and it often comes through prayer. Uh, that's certainly my experience. So it's not this um, wham, big, almighty um, declaration of what God wants to say to someone. Very often it's much more subtle. It's more like a whisper. It's tender. It's careful. It's loving. All those things that Paul mentions in Corinthians. And so um, uh, prophecy um, is part of, of our life here uh, in, in our uh, gathering of what we call the church not only uh, physically, but actually the church, the people all over the world. God speaks to people and is continually uh, encouraging, encouraging it and spurring it onwards. And so the prophet, ultimately the prophet is, first of all, uh, a servant. Uh, the prophet is someone who good God uses to uh, paint that picture or to say that uh, particular uh, word for that particular need. Um, the other element of a prophet is that the prophet, as I've said before, is part of the body. You can't ignore that. The prophet is not the hero. Uh, the prophet is not the, the lone ranger that goes beyond um, uh, authority or does his or her own thing. The prophet um, operates in that ministry within the parameters um, of uh, what's in place within the church. And so the person God uses um, to speak his word is what we describe as a prophet. In the Old Testament times, um, someone like Samuel or Jeremiah or Isaiah, uh, the word uh, that is often described uh, for their ministry is that of a watchman, someone who, who stands above, uh, say, in a walled city back in, the, back in ancient times and could see um, a little bit further ahead than the others um, who were uh, behind the walls. So uh, a prophet, uh, I believe, is someone who can see uh, just things a little bit further on, someone who can um, see a situation or um, is being um, uh, revealed to him by God to be able to speak into something that's uh, not yet happened and that's perhaps not as obvious for, for those that are, that are listening. I think a prophet also is someone who is sensitive uh, to God's presence. And um, a prophet certainly has this, um, this burden, this, this uh, desire for the church, um, a desire to see the church stay focused on Jesus. Um, and that's certainly uh, been uh, my experience, and, and um, I've seen uh, uh, God choose especially um, to speak uh, to people in community, and um, especially around worship. Uh, around prayer, when people are gathered and when Jesus is at the center of, of that gathering, when he is focused, uh, he's the attention um, of, of that opportunity to worship, I, I, I know that he speaks and he speaks in different ways. 
And um, in these times, I, I shared with a businessman once um, that, um, and I didn't know the context, I didn't know the situation, but um, I had a distinct impression, and he was in this prayer gathering as well. And I said to him that he shouldn't sell his business, that he should stay the course that he'd set out. And of course, when I told him this, he, he kind of um, I was relieved uh, and smiled, and um, he went on to tell me the, the situation that he found myself, uh, himself in. And so that was a, a rich experience for both of us. It was something that God wanted him to know, and God used someone like me uh, to speak into his situation. Um, I've prayed for, for people, uh, and God used specific words, and um, it's just something that I haven't planned for or something that was, uh, that was on the agenda, but uh, just in prayer, uh, just a sense of encouragement or, or a particular word that someone needed to hear um, is how it's uh, happened for me. And other times, a word has come for a particular season. And um, last year, we had a, a lovely family, a Korean family at, at Wellview, and uh, they were part of our staff, and their visa was, was coming to an end, and we were, we were pursuing other visa, more complicated visa situation, visa arrangements. And um, uh, we lived with this uncertainty. We didn't know how it was going to go. It was quite a complicated process, the application process. And um, we, were, we were gathering as a, as a staff and we were praying into this and we had a, a range of, of weeks and, and, um, and months to process what was, what was uh, going to happen. And um, I had this distinct feeling that, um, well, it was a phrase really, and the phrase was, um, worldview is too small for you. And um, I kept that to myself for a while. I, it just didn't seem appropriate uh, to tell them when um, things were a bit uh, emotional and um, and uh, along with other staff. So I kept that to myself for a while and then uh, I prayed about it and uh, I thought, you know, now's the, now's the time to, to bring it to their attention. And I said to them both, uh, worldview, I believe, is too small. And that was uh, too small for you. And that was certainly something that was um, not the voice that was being projected uh, in our staff gathering. We didn't want them to go. They, didn't, they certainly didn't want to go. And we were praying that they would be able to stay but deep down, um, I knew that they weren't going to stay, and that's where this word came out, uh, worldview is too small. And uh, I must say that that didn't go down all that well for other staff. They had to wrestle with what, what God was saying after all of that as well, and they eventually um, did leave. And um, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Maybe they'll be in a situation, hopefully soon, where um, God can use them in a, in a greater capacity. And as I finish, I just want to highlight um, uh, four lessons that I've learned um, and these are these uh, hopefully things that you can uh, apply to yourself if you think you have that gift of prophecy. And I encourage, I encourage you to write these down. Um, the first point being that prophecy is grounded in Scripture and prayer. Uh, when it comes time to worship, when it comes time to, to honour God, to worship God, to uh, declare who He is, to put Him first in our lives... Um, you can't substitute these activities. You can't substitute reading your Bible. You can't substitute spending time with Jesus in prayer. Uh, the kingdom belongs to people who engage in these things, not just once off, uh, but continually, continually seeking God's heart, continually uh, committing to God the things that need attention. Um, God has already spoken, and um, uh, my sense is that he's, uh, he's not going to give you m something else to say unless you know what he's already said. And for us, it's, it's evident in our Bible, in the Scriptures, God has already said lots of things. So how about we spend time in the Word and get to know the Word first? 
um, and um, be entrusted with the word. May it live in you. And then out of that, um, out of that knowledge and out of that relationship with Jesus, um, you can be used by him. So prophecy is grounded in scripture and prayer. The second point is that prophecy requires faith in action. Um, you're going to have to make a leap when, you, when you're in prayer and you receive a word or maybe it's a, uh, a picture or something and you, you, you know it's about someone. Um, you're going to have to do something about that. Um, and, it, and, it, and it probably involves actually using words or writing it down uh, or drawing a picture. Whatever it is, uh, you need to do something that converts that supernatural, if you like, that, that feeling that's, that's occurred to you into the natural. You need to bring it forth uh, in a way that, that helps uh, somebody else. And that requires some faith. Uh, you know, you think to yourself, ah, this is really weird or I'm not sure if this is correct. And um, please don't follow my example, which is to keep it to, to myself. And I, didn't, I often would choose not to say something to the detriment of that other person or that organization. And I wish I would have spoken out uh, more often when I had the opportunity to do so. So the first point, prophecy is grounded in Scripture and prayer. The second point is that prophecy requires faith in action. You need to do something when you have that word come to you. The third point is that prophecy requires maturity. Um, you know, you don't get from zero to a hundred without uh, making some mistakes along the way. Um, a gift is developed over time. You're not just going to be this, this um, amazing uh, prophet or, or miracle worker or amazing prayer or worshipper um, just by just saying, recognizing your gift and then just doing it. There's going to be times where you're a bit uncertain. There's going to be times where that gift needs nourishing. Um, I would say talk to others. Um, talk to those trusted mentors that you have, those trusted relationships that you have. Talk to you, the, the people that are in leadership uh, in a church. Speak to them. Uh, you think you have this gift, let them know. Um, read about it. Read others that have done it. Um, and I would say practice it. Um, if you find yourself in a, in a gathering of some sort and, you, and these are, you need to practice it with trusted friends that can support you and to, to help you along the way. Um, learn from your mistakes as well is part of maturing. Uh, you will make mistakes. And of course, none of us want to make mistakes, particularly when it comes to things of God. But, you know, I'm not perfect. And sometimes I, I choose to um, not say something or I say it in the incorrect way without processing it first or without sharing it with others first. So really, maturity, I think there are two pictures here. There's an immature prophet, someone who's immature in their gift. Um, uh, they often speak God's word but then they follow it with their own interpretation of what they think it is. And they can't stop talking. That would be an immature prophet. But someone who is mature, who has that gift, is someone who is able to verbalize um, God's word for that particular person or group of people or organization. And then they stop. They stop talking. The interpretation doesn't belong to you, uh, the prophet. The, the interpretation belongs to the community. It belongs to the leadership. It belongs to... Uh, that relationship that they have with Jesus. What is he wanting to say? What's he, what's he saying now that he's got our attention about this? And um, uh, recently um, I was praying for, uh, I found myself praying for a leadership team of a, of a missional organization and I had a word. It just came to me in prayer. It, um, it was just an impression, nothing significant, nothing um, out of worldly experience sort of thing, out of body experience. Um, 
And it wasn't the right time to verbalize it in that large gathering of prayer. So I held on to it. I didn't say anything. And then I approached the leader of that organization. And I said, hey, I think God wants, wants me to say something to you. Is it appropriate for me to, to say it to you? Or do you want me to, to say it to a larger group? And he said, let me get our leadership team and um, you can come over and speak. And so I, I met with them. It was only five minutes. And it was a very simple word. And the word was, you are in a very good place but pay attention to the details. I had no idea what that was. I could speculate. I could throw my own ideas in there. Uh, but over time, I've realized that when God wants to speak, let God speak through you and stop. The interpretation doesn't belong to you. So the first point, prophecy is grounded in Scripture and prayer. The second one is that it requires an action, faith. The third one is that you need to gr grow and mature in that. And then the fourth one, prophecy lives in community. Um, I said earlier, a prophet is not a hero uh, or a lone ranger. A prophet is someone who belongs to the body. Uh, the prophet uh, needs the body, and the body needs the prophet. This hand needs this hand. This eye needs that foot, and so on. Uh, the, the gift of the Spirit, the way that he operates, is a mystery at times. And um, my question is, are you going to be available? If you have the gift of prophecy, maybe there's already an inkling in you that he wants to use you for this. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to sharpen uh, that gift? And as a way of closing, I want to uh, finish by um, coming back to this original idea of love. Uh, because Paul to the Corinthians is very specific. He not only lists the gifts, he not only talks about the body, uh, that being the church, but then finishes with this idea of what love is. And um, basically he's saying, if you don't have love, but you have the gift of prophecy or any of the other gifts, what's the point? Aim for love first. Everything else comes out of that. So let me finish with these um, words. Uh, chapter 13 in Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And may this be our prayer. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the church. It always protects, always loves, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Let me pray. Father, um, you are the, the one that's at work in a kingdom that um, belongs to you and is initiated by you. Father, as, um, uh, as we read in your word, your spirit is alive and he is active in your church and is empowering people, men, women, children, young and old, to conduct uh, kingdom business. And you do that in the form of, of gifts. And so tonight, maybe there's someone at home listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, prophecy could be one of those gifts for me. Lord, would you give them wisdom? May they have the courage to speak out and to verbalize that to somebody else that might be able to help them. Uh, may we be able to nourish this gift of prophecy, not so that we can become heroes in the story, but so that we can always point to you, Jesus. 
You are the Lord whom we serve. And thank you for using prophecy to encourage your church. Thank you for using prophecy to speak into particular situations. And we pray that um, uh, in our church all around the world, there'll be more prophets that speak into our uncertain times, our fragile times. And uh, may they always point to you, Jesus, our hope uh, for our world. And we commit um, this uh, series to you. Uh, May you do a work um, and may you uh, transform us to be more like you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.